0: You're not alone, you're not alone. There's so many. Welcome to the Blind Stigma Podcast with your hosts, Stacey Ann Buchanan and Dr. Natasha Williams. This podcast aims to provide a safe space that explores mental health within the Black community, breaks down the stigmas attached while taking back our
1: narratives.
0: Yes, welcome,
1: welcome, welcome to the Blind Stigma Podcast. Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Natasha Williams. And I am Stacey Ann Buchanan. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, as you know, and you know I say this all the time, I love all of our guests, but this one here, this was a good one. This is a really, really mm-hmm. good one. And I enjoyed this
2: one, yes, I feel like with this guest, they need to get a cup of cocoa tea.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes. See what I did yes, there? Okay, I okay, okay, this. okay. I okay. I <laughs> Let me tell you just a little bit about this guest, Jail Joseph. So, Jail Joseph is a journalist, podcast producer, influencer, MC, and mom to two boys. She is the founder of BlackIslandGirl.com, an online magazine and podcast that profiles prolific Caribbean women of African heritage, as well as videocast and podcast, Kokoti with Jill Joseph, currently in its fourth season. Her beats are culture, race, and gender, and she contributes occasionally to various publications, both in Canada and the Caribbean. Now here's the thing. I love jail because what I think our guests or our, um, our audience is going to really notice is the juxtaposition of the Caribbean as well as Canada. Yes. So that's what I love about her. Mm -hmm. So she's speaking to to issues from both ends because she lives in both.
2: Yes. Yes. And I, I, I really love that because as a Caribbean woman, as Caribbean woman, we, we, we can definitely relate. Um, so I have the perfect quote for jail. Right. Yes. It's very short and sweet and it goes, boundaries are a form of self care.
1: I love it. Right. I love it. I right? love it. Yes. And listen, listen, once you tune in and listen to what she has to say. With your cup of cocoa tea. Right? Yes. Right. That quote will come to life. Yes. So let's go. Let's go. Jill, thank you so much for joining us this evening.
3: And thank you so very much uh, for having me. It's good to to be on here with two black women.
1: (laughs) Yes, honey. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. So why don't we just start and dive in? Our first question is basically, what has your journey been in particular with mental health and or mental illness?
3: Well, for me, um, I'll tell you it all starts um, yes. back a few years ago I I owned a spa in Dominica it was quite a few years ago I'm back in uh, 2014 thereabout. okay and I remember having a, a, a clients because it was close to the Ross University and if you're familiar with the Dominica and the Ross University um, you kind of have an idea that there were a lot of North American students coming in and out, right. and I remember a young lady who was a regular client of mine. We always used to say, "Oh, she extra," you know, because so this is how
1: <laughs> right <laughs>
3: Caribbean people see when you when you behave a certain way, you 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 extra, and right. for us, extra meant. When she would um, have exams, she'd always be, like, p- very panicky, um, always like, she needed to have massages, she needed to have all of these mm. extra services. Um, we we classed her as being bougie, so she <laughs> always had the finances and the means to pay for things. Right. And one time she failed an exam and she was, she found her out of her results while sitting in the chair, oh, um, getting her pedicure, and Halfway in the pedicure, she finds out she failed, and she had a panic attack. Now me, I was just like, okay, white people. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, so my right. my first thing was like, these white people are so extra. Like, must you be so extra? Must you go on? And she's like, oh my god, like she was like freaking out. I didn't like, you know what to do. I was completely like, it, it caught me off guard. Uh, fast forward into um getting pregnant with my with my first son um i i woke up one evening and i was just like i was i couldn't breathe i felt my chest was tight i was like what is going on i'm having a heart attack so i'm telling my partner i'm having a heart attack call 911 call the could get somebody to get me to the hospital get to the hospital and after they'd examine me the doctor goes you had a panic attack i was like a panic what <laughs> She's like, you had a panic attack. I'm like, that's what white people think. Like, wow, how am I having yes. a panic attack in the middle of the night? Wow. Right. Jill, let me I just
1: so, let me just ask you one question, just to give it context. When you when this happened, when you were uh, you know, just as you were giving birth to your first child, was that still you were were you still in Dominica or were you um somewhere else? Well, I was I was somewhere else
3: okay. when that when the first when the very first time I had a panic attack. I see, happened. okay.
1: I just right. wanted so to give I it was, context because when you said, you know, yeah. call 911 or whatever, I, I was just assuming that you weren't in <laughs> Dominica at the time. No, I was But I mean, it, it just gives some geographical context in terms of, because I, I'm also thinking that if this happened in Dominica, a lot of times they wouldn't, they would not have possibly given you the, you had a panic attack <laughs> diagnosis if you yeah. were in Dominica. So I just wanted to give it a little context. So
3: Very true. Very true. So, so this so i had that episode and then i i started having them frequently and not still not being able to understand mm. what was going on with me and i'm like why am i having this what is causing it what is triggering it because one time i was on the ttc and i had an attack oh like goodness. um on the ttc and i had a panic attack but like Sitting in my seat for no reason, all of a sudden I feel like I can't breathe, and like everything's crumbling, and Mm. I feel like I'm like I'm like oh my god jail, you're behaving like a white person, you're overreacting, Mm. like Mm. all of this is playing through my head, and and I'm unable to figure. out. Now being a person of color, especially being a black person from the Caribbean, where mental illness is so taboo, like even to this, so taboo, I refuse to get treatment. I refuse to go to any um, therapist. I'm um, like, therapist is for crazy people. Yeah. You know, you watch yes. all, of these, all of these shows and all of these, um, the, all of these disturbed, apparently, um, young people. That's how you, you kind of see it as, right? So I, I backburned this. Like, every time it would happen, I would, I would just say, okay, I'm having a panic attack. So my cousins would be like, so when you have having a heart attack, how are you going to know the difference? Oh, you know, like <laughs> oh, boy. I just mm. kept back burning. And the only time I actually paid attention to it was last year during the pandemic. Oh my wow. So you've been suffering with this all this time. For years. Wow. wow. My son, my son is nine years old. Mm. And this happened before he was born for the first time wow
2: oh so this was like a decade's and, journey jail yes wow so so
3: last year um, last year um, during the pandemic my my little cousin was living with me and um, she'd lost her brother her her older brother years ago and as a result of it she was dealing with a lot of trauma a lot of a lot of things were going on right mm-hmm. and her stepfather said to her her stepfather who's white eh Mm-hmm. said to her that um we're gonna put you into therapy you're gonna need to see someone you're gonna need to deal with this because it's affecting your life and in the pandemic it's gotten even worse right. so um a baby in her guardian at the time i was given all the instructions as to where to go who's gonna be seeing her and all of this and after three sessions it appeared that she was bailed like oh, I was okay. like? I was like I've been missing out on something because I mean granted she still struggles but Mm -hmm. she just felt so much better after speaking to someone on three different occasions she felt so much better so I was like you know what I'm going to call someone I'm gonna call that same person and see how I can get to speak to somebody
1: and that's how therapy started for me
3: Wow. Wow
1: I I appreciate you know your story so far because it it it's it says so much about how we see mental health in the Black community mm-hmm. because look look how we started it started out with you know seeing um, a white person suffering from a panic attack and then yes. we we separate ourselves from that saying that's a white people's business that's something that's extra right we don't it's it's not about us Mm -hmm. let them let them be them crazy self and yeah so we Mm -hmm. we separate ourselves from that like immediately
2: yeah i can relate to that story because i remember when i was going through um because jail i struggle with anxiety till this day and um, a few years ago, it was at its height. It was really, it was extremely hard. And I remember when I was told that I could possibly have it. And I thought to myself, only white girls get that because being in school, with predominantly white girls in acting, I they they would always talk about having panic attacks and, and breakdowns. And I just thought it was something that was associated with white girls. And thinking to myself, I can never bring that kind of talk back home. <laughs> right? I can never bring that kind of talk right. back home. So I, I didn't really view them as extra. I thought they were really brave. You're really brave to be talking like this. Who mm. talks like this, you know? But um <laughs> it's it's interesting. Because then when you started feeling it, and then the doctor said you had a panic attack, you then automatically thought, no, 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 no. This is a white person thing, because I thought the same way too, you know? Mm -hmm. And I tell a lot Mm -hmm. of people this. And I love how your story goes from your first encounter with mental illness to how you addressed your issues and how you felt to sought help. Because I tell people this all the time. A lot of people have said they never knew that they struggled with anxiety and depression primarily until the pandemic hit. Hmm. And I said, actually, you probably did. Because you see, there's a form of anxiety called high function and anxiety, which fuels a lot of people's ambition. So they can't sit still. They call themselves hustler. They're on the next flight. They're doing this. They can't say no. They have a fear of missing out. And that's a form of anxiety. They function high on that. So they live on that. So when a pandemic hit and you're locked down, and you can't go anywhere. Then they started to feel it. Then they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What's happening?" Mm. Right? And then the other Definitely. form too is with depression, where it's a high function and depression, where a lot of people are living lives where they are externally happy and internally unhappy. Mm. You know, they they yeah. they look successful on paper, and they think they are unworthy, and so they, that is so hard to 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 um to really. To really discover to really see that this person is struggling because they mask their their pain with with a facade of happiness and success Mm. and then when the pandemic hit you're like oh my god because there's no way to escape to
3: you know i always
2: say sometimes when you see people traveling all the time of course it's for work it's like it's of course sometimes it's for a vacation but sometimes people are trying to escape their realities Right. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I thank you for your thank you yeah. for that story. And then what of uh, the other thing I wanted to mention as well is, is that, again, it also speaks to this again, this detachment from, you know, saying that it is a white person's thing, but then also the whole issue of. Now that I'm suffering with this, I don't want to be seen as white. I don't want to be, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I need to stop acting like a white person. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's that separation as well, where you're like, no, no, no. This is compromising my blackness, my yes. Caribbean. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Caribbean. We don't talk. No, 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 no. Yeah, because no. yeah, Because, you know, God forbid you end up. Imagine all of this happened in Dominica itself.
3: Well, you see, now if this would have happened, like I I have a really good friend in Dominica who is a mental health advocate. She's also a doctor and she has gone through her own, you know, um, anxiety and and all of that. Mm -hmm. And so we relate on that level. I mean, we've been friends for quite some time, even before. But now we're so much more understanding of each other's mental health, and when we need to go out and have a girls' night, and when we need to just call each other and cry on the phone, and when, mm. and even she could even tell when I'm going through something based on my Facebook post. Oh wow! Hey. And sometimes it's not even like I, I don't even post things that are depressing, but she could just tell, just yo, you're going through something. Talk to me, girl. Mm-hmm. You know, like so. So it's it's so important to have people not just not just um, my therapist, but people who are around me who can understand it. And, and the thing about about even going to see a therapist, it helped me not just with my anxiety, but with so many other things in my life. Ah. Like so many other things I uncovered about myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm almost 40. And to be learning all of these things about myself... Um, like so late in life, I was like, "But what was I doing all this time?" <laughs> like, I'm like, I would say to my sister, "Go to a the therapist." <laughs> you know, what I'm like, yes, like, you know, you need to, like, like everybody like just needs to go to a the therapist. And I started like really absorbing a lot more readings. Like, like I listened to. Granted, he's he's kind of like his own person, Charlemagne the God. Yes, yes. we're Team Charlamagne yeah. the
2: God over mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm.
3: I I read I read his I read both his novels, you know, and, and I read Shook. And when I read Shook, I even understood what it meant, what, what I felt, like even driving in Toronto, you know, and always being scared that I'm going to get pulled over and always watching the speedometer. Yes. You know, these are things that I that I've gone through regularly Mm. (laughs) you know like when I say regularly every single day and and it might not have been as extreme as where I felt like I was losing my breath and I had to like everything was shutting down but you know the small anxieties of being followed in the mall like that's how that happened to me you know and I wrote I wrote a small poem once for for a class where I spoke about you know anxiety of you know I dropped my wallet and they got my wallet and the police was following me to give me my wallet.
1: And I thought that I was going to get it in trouble. Oh, you know, gosh. I was in trouble so yeah. you with know? <laughs> the law. So, that's the hypervigilance. So, if we really think about it, it's that hypervigilance just yeah. walking while black. If you really think mm-hmm. about it, right? There's always that sense of, you know, of, of doom loving, looming over your head of, you know, if I'm walking in the mall while black or driving while black. When are they going to pull me over? Right. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of that kind of foolishness. Right. Um, I know that I, I recently purchased a new vehicle and I showed a picture of it, of it to my dad. And the first thing he said is, oh, you haven't got pulled over yet. Wow. I was like, wow, dad, really. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. but what is he speaking to? He's speaking to that hyper vigilance of, mm-hmm. we, you know, that, that sense of we're always having to look around and look out. Yes, you know, to mm-hmm. wonder, to wonder if it's, it's not even, it's not even, it's not even if it's when, right? So mm-hmm. we're always it's on that, mm-hmm. that vigilant state.
2: And I'm glad you talked about how in therapy jail you were able to unlock different parts of you because I always say this to people like a therapist is like they they give you the keys to unlock so many doors that you never even thought existed. Right, mm-hmm. and the more you keep unlocking, mm-hmm. the more you keep discovering more about yourself, and, and you're healing and you're growing, and your healing journey begins. So, you know, in our community, I really push for us to really normalize therapy and get the, the stigma the, the, the stigma of oh, it's for crazy people, oh, it's for mad people you know, remove that stigma away and really and really encourage people to see someone when they're struggling so much on the inside and struggling internally. It's really important. Are there any ways, yeah. are there any other ways, Jill, that you addressed your issues? Um, you shared, you talked about a poem, you talked about the therapy, you talk, talked about reading books. Are there any other yeah, it's ways? Mostly,
3: mostly reading books and stuff. I, I'm You You talked about, you know, that person who hustles and hustles hard. I'm, I'm that black girl, mm. right? I always need to have things doing or else I feel like I'm wasting time, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm that I'm that person and and I've slowly let me tell you it's slower. It's a very (laughs) slow process. (laughs) I'm slowly letting go of things and saying no, I I, I don't wanna do this. Not that I can't take it on, but no, I don't wanna do this. You know, I I, I boundaries,
1: boundaries. Giving
3: myself so many boundaries. It's so so important. Um, to do that, and even like for my kids, like giving my kids more time and, and all of these things, it's so difficult for especially when you have a dream and you want to see you have goals before you're 40 and you want to accomplish them all. You want to check off all those. You're speaking my language, and, <laughs> and, you, and you feel like you have 36
2: hours in the day, and
3: oh, you have girl. To make sure to
2: accomplish you are everything. speaking my language, <laughs> like you're speaking to me. You know what I've learned, Jill, over the years. It's to remove the hustler mindset and replace it with aligning myself. So not everything is a yes for me, especially when it's going to come with stress. I've also told myself I want no more stress money because there's so many times you get opportunities or whatever. You think it's an opportunity and it just come with a bag of stress. You think it's really good money, but it comes with a bag of stress. So I'm like, you know what? Let me incorporate. Let me remove the stress money and incorporate making peace my paycheck. Hmm. You know, and wow. then when you align yourself, you know that this connects to the dots of going the, the road onto your purpose, right? Rather than take everything, because not everything that is served to you is for you to eat, right? Wow, wow, wow. And so when I get That's rid right. of that hustler mentality and I pray on everything... The universe and God will bring things that are aligned for me to shine in my power and to walk in my power. So trust me, I gave myself a deadline to make it super famous like Halle Berry for six months. So when I say <laughs> I know the hustler mentality and that mindset, of like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm getting older. Oh, my God, this is what I need to accomplish. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. it, but I learned that especially someone that lives with anxiety, it, it, it is it, it's not helping my anxiety.
3: Yeah for, for me it's a slow process yes. uh, a lot of things happened for me later on in life like even me going back to school happened later on in life my cue i had an anxiety attack on my orientation day oh, ended up ended up ended up in the hospital oh. <laughs> ended up on drips um so so it was a lot for me you know doing a lot of things later on in life and then even coming to um, An understanding as to what I want to do moving forward in my in my future, and and seeing okay, people say to to people have said you know in the past, oh you know you're getting older, you know you're not you may look you may still look young, but you're getting older, you know. Um, life as a journalist, you know, uh, I'm like yo, like black don't crack, don't you know that? Like <laughs> like I'm trying right. to like, now convince myself that I'm going to look this great when I'm 50 That's and 60. Right. Yes, know, honey, yes.
2: Yeah,
3: <laughs> Yes. so so it takes a lot I, I feel it takes a lot of work and it's something that I encourage like a lot of my friends and and, and my family you know to, to consider like not to be scared you know um of actually taking that step one of the things though I find a lot of people say to me a lot of my especially because I I I have a large like black community that's that follows me mm-hmm. is the, the cost you know the cost it's always like, the cost of therapy, the cost, you know, it's yes. so expensive. It's like, it's white people money, you know, uh-huh. and, and they say that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they feel like it's so expensive. And, and yes, we, so we say to them, yes, it's an investment in your health because if you're, if your brain's not working, if your mind's not working, then, you know, you're unable to do the things that would, May help you earn a living, Mm -hmm. but people still don't understand that because they look at their forefathers and the people before them who worked and slaved and 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 worked day in day out, two jobs, three jobs, four jobs, worked until they were seventy, and they kind of just take that same trajectory in terms of where their life's going to lead.
1: Right. right.
3: So it's it's very difficult to just say to somebody, hey, you know, dish out one hundred and fifty dollars an hour every two weeks or every month or every week or whatever yeah. it is to go and sit down and talk to somebody and right. you are like, well, what, what what exactly am I talking to them about? And even with me going to see a therapist, it was hard for me to even open up and say things that I wanted to say uh, or, or I needed to say. It took some time right. to actually get me to open up and i'm thinking of you know friends that i have who probably will be exactly like me that's gonna cost them a good thousand dollars in like a few sessions (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. probably start seeing results and a lot of people don't have that kind of money and i mean it's it's really important for for us as as black people to know that we have an outlet we have somewhere to go we have um, a friend of mine, Ricardo McCray, who's a very good friend of mine, I remember when I did an interview with him a couple of years ago, he said to me, I spend the most on my mental health. And I was like, I, I literally asked him, So you, you crazy? Like, are you, you going through some stuff? <laughs> like, like, are you going through some stuff? And he's like, no, I don't want to get to going through some stuff. That's
1: right. Mm-hmm. So before I get to
3: that stage, I'm taking care of it. Exactly. You know, and, exactly. and I wish that our people would see that. But well, again, the financial aspect.
1: Well, I think what's interesting with the financial aspect, and this is what I usually tell people, I go, you either invest your, invest in yourself in the front end or it ends up costing you in the back end. And what's interesting with our community, unfortunately, and especially if we even think about physical illnesses like diabetes and pressure and a lot of the things that plague our community, we'll find the money every month for the medications for our diabetes, or for our cholesterol or for our, you know, for all of these things. But if we decided that we wanted to do something in the front end, First of all, in regards to, you know, maybe eating healthier or, you know, exercise and all of those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. If we invested in the front end, we may have lowered the percentage of of getting those things in the back end. Mm -hmm. So I think what we we and we unfortunately are are backwards in the sense of I understand that therapy is not not something that is cheap and a good therapist is, is not cheap. I understand that. But I think we always have to, we, we, we value a, we'll, we'll invest in what we value. And I think a lot of times we'll find the, oh, you know, it's just, it's just genetics. So I'm going to get diabetes anyway. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're spending hundreds of dollars every month on, on diabetes medication. And I'm like, well, you have that, you know, why don't we then invest in the front end so that we can be, preventative both physically and mentally as well right so yeah. I think a lot of times unfortunately we prefer to do things on the back end of things you know we're always we're scrambling afterwards versus how do we invest in ourselves now so that we can actually have a healthier life body mind and spirit right and yeah
2: and sometimes we also have to look at the the bigger picture unfortunately with systemic racism and oppression and everything that has placed our people in position where sometimes they can't even afford the healthy food to to nourish their bodies and and they can't even afford the therapy or sometimes even if the the person is struggling with diabetes they have to beg borrow steal in order to pay for it so so. i say because sometimes we don't have the funds to go seek therapy is to use ourselves create a safe space among ourselves and to talk about it you know how your cousin felt good after three sessions maybe she just needed to out something maybe she just really needed to talk to somebody and to talk to someone that is free of judgment mm. that won't save your session but you look oh you have a nice body you have of care you're of man you're of what do you need to be depressed about so maybe we need to invest in ourselves and create safe spaces around us where we can start talking about it and then to normalize it in our community right, right? right. but i definitely understand that because we don't see it We don't believe it. Right. Right. So we go with that whole thing. We don't see it. So we can we see diabetes. We see all of this, but we don't see mental illness. So it's not there. But I think that we start by creating safe spaces among us and that safe space can start within yourself by saying, you know what? instead of suppressing we we understand that this happened and it's hard to admit it it's hard to own your narrative but seek or find someone that you trust and find someone that you can open up and share because you'll feel so much better just letting that load off gel um can we go into jail as to how where are you now in in since everything is happening from your journey
3: well, I'm still in, I, I would still say I'm a beginner.
2: That's <laughs> good.
3: That's good. I'm still learning. I don't, I don't want to say, oh, I, because there's certain times, I, thankfully I've not, I've only had one panic attack since, um, since I started therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, I stopped the therapy for some time. And then I plan to start back again, um, this time going virtually. Um, but I've, I've used a certain, um, things that, that was so said to me, you know, to, to learn how to cope and how to, how to go ahead. I, I, I think a lot of it had to stemmed back from, you know, losing my both parents in the same year. So there was a lot of things going on in my life. And, and it kind of just brought everything full circle. And I just, I guess I couldn't deal with it at, in that moment. Mm-hmm. And and that is why I, I had my first panic attack. Mm. Um, But, you know, just learning how to cope with, with so many different things. It's, I still consider myself a beginner. Like, granted, I'll tell people, hey, go get therapy, go get this, go get that. There's some, certain things go through my mind. Sometimes I'm like, yo, I need to call my therapist. <laughs> you know? <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know, I'm just. I'm 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 a bit more aware though, which That's is what good. is what is different. I'm more aware of of when I need to again create boundaries, when I need to ease up, when I need to self care when I need to like I'm more aware of this. I go every single month, you know, to, to get, you know, stuff done, whether it's my 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 nails or yes. massages and stuff. That's right. Um I, I I've taken a lot more care. Granted during the pandemic in Canada we couldn't do that. Right. However, true. there are other countries that you could get it done. <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough, I hear
1: you.
3: Right. And I remember, you know, even when saying that I was I was gonna I was going to travel for some time, I said back to to, to someone that I work closely with and his response to me, he's like, that's part of mental health care. <laughs> that's part of care too. You know, of like, because just staying in that situation, you know, being in lockdown, all of that was beginning to take a toll on me, Absolutely. you know, mentally and physically and stuff. So, you know, being able to get out, you know, um, really was important for me to do that and kind of like, kind of reboot because I felt that I was really, Reaching like a a, like a pressure point, like almost like a pressure cooker. You know, I was gonna explode. Yes, And 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 I'm glad that I actually took the step and I went and I saw someone, and it's it's really helped. It's really helped. But I'm still a beginner. I still I'm still there to learn. I still want to learn more about myself. You know, and like even like different things. I think about different things and I write it down because. Again, I get that from books because I read "Black Girl in Love with Herself" by T- Trey Anthony. Okay, okay. yes. 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 Big up,
0: Trey Lose Anthony.
1: Lose. <laughs> yeah.
0: So.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. So that's. I mean, to me, I mean, it, I'm. I'm glad that you said that you're still on this journey, that you are a beginner, you're learning more, you're growing, because I think the. I think you know, especially the people that are listening into this podcast. I think people have to realize that everyone is at different levels of their journey. You know, there are people that are are maybe further along that they, you know, they've been in therapy for years or whatever the case may be, but then also speak to the person who has, who, who is saying, listen, I am beginning, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm learning more about myself and wherever you are, regardless of what aspect of your journey that you're in, it's good. You know, it is exactly. all good. So, you know, I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate you saying that. So, what do we want to do is is um, ask you our next question, and then we have a fun question afterwards. Yeah, there's a which fun
2: question coming up. But first, we, but
1: first, we want to re- talk about and like, ask about.
2: Yeah, how do you think in the black community we can change the stigma surrounding mental illness and mental health overall?
1: Wow,
3: I, I think that is a really tough question i'm not gonna lie right. because because we're not easy that's real dominican coming out there eh? <laughs> yeah that, that is a real tough question let me that's a, it's true it's um, true i think a lot of a lot of um awareness you know a lot of one-on-one personal reaching out like if you see like something that i do and I do it a lot with just people that I don't even know, but people like, cause I, I'm, I'm always on social media. I see what people post and some people are my friends. Some people are not, or some people are acquaintances. You know, I reach out and I say, you know, I have this thing now. I say, just be good to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell everybody, yeah. you know, like I'm, I ran into this girl at the grocery store and she kind of looked down, you know, a couple of days ago. And I said to her, and just remember to be good to yourself. And she messaged me after and she's like, yo, Jill. You don't even know what that meant for me, like oh, in that wow. moment, yes. you know. So, so this is something that I that I've constantly been practicing and perhaps, you know, as as black people we tend we cannot we treat we're we negative a lot. We're too negative, right? And <laughs> yeah. and I think I've taken a positive approach on. On everything even when I see things being done negatively I'm like yo where where is this coming from this might be coming from somewhere like you don't know what that person's going through like Mm -hmm. don't judge that person or don't just misread that person that person might be going through something and you don't know so I think a lot of it is about awareness and, and, and and letting people know that hey you can speak to me I'm not a therapist but if I cannot answer your questions or if I cannot, I will tell you exactly where to go. Amen. Right?
2: Amen. Um, that's um, the but safe encouraging and, and exactly. Yes. And that
3: is, that is how I, that's what works for me. Like I tell, whenever I hang up the phones with my friends, I always tell them, be good to yourself today. Mm. You know, be good to yourself today. Forget about yesterday. Forget about tomorrow. Be good to yourself today. You know, a lot of my friends have very stressful work, um, they they work in very stressful environments and 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 I try to tell them, hey, be good to yourself today. You know, and and I think I think eventually people understand and when they see people like me and others who are actually advocating for, for mental health and stuff, they'll understand that hey you know um that could be me you know i could i could go get help too like it's okay to get help right. and i'm not going to be considered a crazy i'm not going to be considered cray you know um which is what we we tend to call people when right. when people go through through depression even like postpartum depression and stuff you know like like we don't even understand that as black people especially from the caribbean we Wait. don't understand having a baby and feeling like you want to kill your baby that's not supposed to happen to mm-hmm. you you postpartum know like depression. that is you know, yeah you know so 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 that is and that is how i feel like you could reach out to people making it more personal and less commercial because commercial it just sounds like white people think
2: right that's true that's true i like that i like what you said just make it more personal and not commercial i I really really love that line gel so this is the fun question section now as we round off our interview with you so I hope you're prepared for this question, okay? Um, So I'll tell you the backstory from this question. One day I was at work and I went to the water cooler and I saw that, you know, I never really told people that I work in the film industry. Anyways, it's the film industry. Um, (laughs) So I was at work and I saw a sign by the water cooler that said, take one thing for your mental health. And it had different words um, in little cutoff sections, like little strips just cut off and you just rip off a word that you feel will be for your mental health that day. And so I've incorporated into the podcast by asking our guests, "What is one word, just one word, that you feel that can sum up your mental health journey, or your journey with mental roller health. coaster?" Oh, I like that. Yes. I like that. You know what?
1: Yeah. And I love. What, okay, please explain,
2: because yes, Natasha that loves that, that part. Have, Natasha has, needs I know,
1: to know. I need to know, you know, why you chose the word roller coaster. Well, sometimes
3: you're going to have like really good days where you're up there Amen. and sometimes you're going to have really bad days. But my thing, you know, when you're on the roller coaster and you, you're you going and you're going out a speed and you feel Ooh, you want to put your hands up. Just remember that you can make the up and the down that ride.
2: Oh, oh I love yes. it. I and love you know it. what too, jail? It keeps going, right? At the end of the day, keep you're going. keep going. <laughs> so I love
1: that that. Wow. I love that. My gosh, all I can say is, yes, all we can say and all I can say is thank you. Thank you so much for being open and sharing your story with us Mm -hmm. and our listeners. I know that your story and your continued journey is going to bless so many people because your test is now a testimony for others and your life is a testimony and will be a healing agent for others. So Jill, thank you so much for, for just a being you and b taking the time out to share your journey with us. Thank you.
3: And thank you to, to both of you for creating a platform where, where, where people of color, black people especially can come on and talk about, these things, I mean, some of us want to talk, some of us don't, you know? Mm -hmm. But hopefully, you know, you get more people who are willing to speak out, you know, so we can hopefully... Um, get rid of all the taboo and all the stigma that's associated with mental health and thanks for having me on your show it was really a pleasure speaking with the both of you you know you know um, us island people you know
2: hey. yes. and, I, and i just wanted to say this is the first <laughs> conversation where i've heard a lot of your accent come out dr natasha <laughs> because you, um, yeah this is the first okay, conversation so. <laughs> at one point i'm like should i bring up my patois too because right? well, well, what are we just talking our accents i'm never to bring up my accent why not <laughs> i just
3: love it Be be you 100%. I, I, in my podcast, I actually tell people at the start of it, I code switch a lot. So you get with the program. You know, like, That's right. I speak English, open your ears, you'll hear. Right. Yes, as long
2: as you exactly. can understand me. Yes, exactly. yes. Exactly. I love that.
1: Yes. It was a it pleasure. Was absolute pleasure, Jill. Thank you so much so so much. You take care. You have a good rest you of the day, okay? Too.
2: And be good to you yourself. Well. Yes, be me. good Goodbye. to
1: yourself. Okay. Be good to You've yourself. You've reached the yes. end of another
0: episode of The Blind Stigma Podcast with your hosts Stacy Ann Buchanan and Dr. Natasha Williams. Thank you for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener and you like the show, then please subscribe, rate, and review us on all the major podcast platforms. Don't forget to connect with us on social media at The Blind Stigma and join the conversation. Find out more about each guest and help us to change the stigma while taking back our narratives. This podcast is produced by What's Up Toronto and Stacey Ann Buchanan Productions.